a God who loves us, a God who loves his people. Lord, thank you that we're able to learn more about you today. Thank you, Lord, for Phoebe and for Rob for reading and teaching us today. Please help us, uh, again, to have soft hearts, to take in what is said, Lord, and help us also to remember that what we read today is true words that come directly from you. In your name we pray. Amen. Galatians 1, um, verse 1 to 10. Greeting. Paul, an apostle, not from men, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers who are with me, to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. No other gospel. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, If anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. It's lovely to see you all. Great to be with you. If you can keep your Bibles open, that would be great. Uh, We're just going to be referring to those uh, ten verses, but we are going to be looking at a few other verses in Galatians, um, just to sort of give us a little bit of a feel uh, for this letter and what's going on. Uh, It's quite hard to understand um, what the letter is about without dipping into other bits of the letter. Um, So we're going to be doing a bit of that today, as it's our first time in this letter um, to the Galatians. Um, I want to start off with this question. Uh, what does gospel growth look like? If you're a Christian, what does growing as a Christian actually look like? What does a life that is shaped by the gospel conform to the gospel, growing out of the gospel, what does it look like? Um, it's quite important, isn't it, to have right expectations. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been recommended to go and see a film or something. Someone's bigged it up a bit too much. Um, or, and, and you go with just completely the wrong expectations. It can be quite confusing, can't it? Because you turn up and you think, well, this is nothing like what I expected. Expectations, if they're right, can be massively helpful to us as Christians. Uh, but if they're wrong, they are going to leave us confused and quite vulnerable to other thoughts, other messages, particularly messages about the gospel and other teachings. Paul is writing to some new Christian believers, and they lived in the region, as Tom said, of Galatia, which is modern-day Turkey. I haven't quite been there. I've been to sort of like this side of Turkey. East Is that... What side is that? West Turkey. But I think it's sort of more in the middle. Uh, Paul had been with them 
Um, And if you'd like to turn your Bibles to chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. Just over the page. Listen to what Paul's own Christian life was like. And um, listen for what kind of reception they gave him the first time around. Verse 13. You know it was because of a bodily ailment that I preached the gospel to you at first. And though my condition was a trial to you, you did not scorn or despise me, but received me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus. What then has become of your blessedness? For I testify to you that if possible you would have gouged out your eyes and given them to me. Well first up then, what's Paul's experience? Well what was Paul's experience of the Christian life? It was uh, having a condition or a bodily ailment, being sick, having a sickness that is so um, debilitating that he even says that he, it was a trial to them, the people, the Galatian church, because of the, the difficulty it was causing him and the strain it was putting on them perhaps. Yeah, what reception did they give to Paul? They received him gladly. They did not scorn or despise him. Because of that, they received him as if he was an angel of God. Like, as, in the same way that they would receive an angel of God or Christ himself. They were pleased to receive Paul. And they saw this description of loyalty to him. They just love him. And they love, love him for sharing the gospel with them. And love the gospel that he's sharing. Um, in our passage today, if you flick back over, uh, chapter 1. In verse 8 and 9, Paul refers to the gospel that we preach to you and the gospel that they received. So he had, the pre- he had preached the gospel to them and they had received it. They were believers. He's writing to Christians. New believers. But, only, but now, it's, it's only a short time later, he's fearing for them. Uh, I asked you um, before today to sort of have a read through the letter, you know, just, just in one sitting, just have a get a feel for it. Listen to the way in which Paul is talking to them. And it would be hard to read it and not notice how perplexed and concerned and anguished Paul is about them and about their faith. You get flavours of that all the way through, don't you? Even in this passage, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you um, in the grace of Christ. I'm astonished. I also ask you to think about the question, what is really behind this move away from the gospel? Um, So if you can, just to the person next to you, just for a few minutes. Um, If you have read it, great. If you haven't, you're going to have to listen to the person who has read it. Um, uh, And and they share with you a few things that they found when they were looking through this letter. Uh, What is really behind the Galatians move away from the gospel? Um, just touch the person next to you. Go for it. Okay, um, let's uh, have a listen. Uh, shout out some things. What is causing them to turn from the gospel? Right, okay, so they've been hearing from other people, okay. Who else said that? Does everyone else? 
Yeah? Um, okay, so there's a particular thing they were wanting them to do is um, non-Jewish believers uh, who have now come to Christ is be circumcised. And to, um, that's, you're saying that's adding to the gospel? Is that what you're saying? Yeah? Okay, yeah, that's true, isn't it? That's absolutely right. If you look down with me in verse um, 7 of chapter 1, he says that there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. Now this is the upfront reason why it's causing them to sort of uh, uh, lose their confidence and to go with something else. Um, but that's the upfront reason, okay? On face value, it would be right to say false teachers. However, there must also be something going on in the Galatians themselves in order for them to have taken it in, to have thought, this is what we need. Um, for them to sort of start to sort of want to distance themselves from Paul and and his experience and his gospel, and perhaps go elsewhere. You know, so there's something going on in their own heart. And um, Paul knows that the problem of these Christians listening to these guys um, didn't come from the teaching itself and alone, but it came from the response in the hearts of the Galatians. So what I mean? Sin <laughs> is, is the thing that's going on in their hearts, isn't it? It's causing us to want what people are offering. And Paul says that that's the, the undercover reason. So as we go through this letter, the reason I'm saying this is because Paul will do some correcting in his teaching. He'll do block, like, he will do teaching about the gospel, but what it is, what it isn't, and what the, what's the purpose of the law. But he won't just do that. Because if it's a problem of them in their hearts, <laughs> wanting something that is... Is, is, is causing them to then, to then listen to these guys, then he needs to deal with that as well. Um, let me show you some examples. Uh, what lay behind the pressure for them to be circumcised um, in the actual people themselves, the pe- people who were telling them to do that, and also in the Galatians giving ear to that. Um, let's have a look at some examples. And um, Maybe these are some of the ones you came up with. And that's 1 verse 7, some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. We'll get back to that in a moment. Um, but we'll get a bit further on in the letter. And 4 verse 17 says, um, they make much of you, but to no good purpose. They want to shut you out that you may make m- much of them. Okay, we're getting something here. It's all about the show. It's all about what people think of them. The people who are saying be circumcised are doing that and uh, the reason the Galatians are uh, sort of being won over by it is because they're being made much of and there's this pull to want to sort of to look good <laughs> yeah both in the people who are saying, saying the things and also in those who are listening to them we'll come back to this uh, but let's just see more examples of that um, chapter 6 verses 12 to 13 is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would have you to be circumcised and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. There's also this thing of, hey, it's easier. (laughs) It'll be easier for you. You don't have to face suffering. You don't have to be rejected. We will accept you. 
and they themselves were, were not wanting to stand for Christ um, so in order that they may be and not be persecuted for the cross of Christ uh, for even those who desire you to be circumcised do not themselves keep the law but they, de- they, they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in the flesh so what's going on in the teachers themselves who are saying hey be circumcised is they were wanting to boast in their own works and this was one way they could do it by making sure other people do that and that you know putting the focus on that they could then boast in their flesh in what they've achieved in what they've done and there's something going on in the Galatians as well to want to go along with that um, in their own hearts and as I said before Paul is going to have to call that out because it's it's kind of not going to work is it if the real motivation behind them listening to these guys is idolatry or sin in their hearts it's not going to work for Paul to just say well I'll tell you which is the right gospel this is the true one that's the false one that's not going to work he's going to have to expose what what the false teachers um, are trusting in and, and, and what the Galatians are trusting in if they listen to these guys he's going to have to show just how horrible and idolatrous it is um, to, to, to run away from uh, from the true teaching of the gospel Okay, so let's have, um, we've seen those passages. The last one, I think, is probably the example um, that we'll get to um, in verse 10 of our passage today. Uh, Paul says, am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I was still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. So we've got the underlying issue here is people pleasing, fear of man. Wanting their approval. That's why the Galatians were listening to these influential people and their message. And that's why the people themselves who are giving this message wanted to put confidence, uh, wanted to highlight circumcision because then it would make them look good. You see what it is? It's fear of man, it's people pleasing, it's, um, it's the approval, looking for approval. Um, but Paul needs to show them that that is idolatry. That's worshipping ourselves, not worshipping God. That's being a servant of ourselves and not being a servant of Christ. And that's what he's going to show them. Um, the symptom of that fear of man and people pleasing was a, a false message, right? What was the false message? Well, you need circumcision. You can't be, can't be a real Christian unless you're more Jewish and you've got to get circumcised because you, you're not. But... The driver behind that is idolatry. And that's the thing that he wants to show, show off what it is. Because until they see that, they'll think, okay, well, so they got a few things wrong. They didn't get their teaching exactly right. But if Paul can show them this idolatry, they're really worshipping themselves. They're really making much of themselves and calling the Galatians to do that too. Then um, they'll see it for what it really is. Um, it can be wrapped in a whole load of religious te- teachings and words, can't it? Because the, the, presumably the teachers themselves were using religious language, using religious practices. Um, but what it really is, what it really boils down to is worshipping themselves, making much of themselves, but idolatry of self. 
And the result is a gospel that makes them look good. (laughs) And Paul says, that's the whole motivation. Don't get sucked into it. Um, But what comes from it, in terms of teaching, is gospel of works, not grace. Okay? So this is what we're going to think about. Um, The gospel is God's gospel of grace, as opposed to man's gospel, which is no gospel at all. But it's, that's a gospel of works. The difference in grace, freely given by God, undeserved, his initiative, his doing, or a gospel of works. Basically, there's something we do to be right with God. So let's start off with this. The gospel is God's gospel of grace. And um, if you look down with me at verses 1 to 2, let's read together. Paul, an apostle not from men, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers who were with me. Paul's calling as an apostle. He'll get to this in the second half of the chapter, but it, it certainly wasn't anyone else's idea. It wasn't even Paul's idea. He was on the road to Damascus. He was, he was in the pursuit of trying to get Christians killed, put to death. And, and Jesus met him, and he... Turned his life around from being a Christian killer to being a Christ follower, Christ servant. And, and, and Paul makes much of that because, and not just here but elsewhere, he talks about it. Because it proves, doesn't it, that this is God's gospel that has been entrusted to him to give, to pass on. He didn't go looking for it. It wasn't his initiative, his idea. It was God's. And it's a gospel of grace. If you look down with me um, at the first thing he says in his greeting to the church, um, verse 3. Grace. Grace. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age. According to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. The initiative is all God's. It's it's grace to to you from God. Um, Jesus gave of himself for our sins and uh, is by the will of God. It's not our idea. We We didn't think that up. We didn't think this is what we need. This is how we do grace. This is how we get what we need from God. No, it's God's initiative. So it's all about that. Paul is saying, right at the very start here, he doesn't, when something's important, you don't waste your words, do you? You don't beat around the bush. If, um, if, you, if you're, you're worried that your child is carrying a knife and you want to have that conversation with them, pretty much everything you say in that conversation is going to be meaningful and purposeful. And, and every last word of this letter, Paul's introduction, his greeting to them, he, he's not wasting any ink here. He's making the point, this is the gospel of grace. This is God's gospel to you. It's the gospel that you received. As opposed to, in contrast to, works. Grace is a gift. Jesus, who gives himself and gave himself, it's all God's doing. And the only part we play in it is to receive it. Receive it. To receive God's grace and his peace. Peace with him. We receive, we receive it by faith. Um, so that's 
um, the gospel. Um, so there can be no other gospel, is essentially what Paul says in the second half of our, our reading. I am astonished that you are so quickly t- deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. If, if the true gospel of grace is, is God's gospel, God's good news uh, to all mankind, then any change to it, any addition or cannot be good news (laughs) and that word distort is an interesting word because it means reverse to reverse the gospel what would it look like then if if the true gospel is God gives God does this his grace comes to you Jesus comes to you Jesus gave of himself what would the reverse of that be we give to we give to God yeah Something we do gives to God and uh, earns his approval or his, right, uh, his, his righteousness, his salvation. So, so he says that this little thing called circumcision is just <laughs> one thing. It's just one procedure, one act. You might be thinking, Paul, you're overreacting a bit here. It's just, you know, what does it really matter? But he says... That any anything will, uh, that we contribute to the gospel, it reverses the whole thing. It makes it about what we give to God, and not the good news that God gives His Son uh, for our sins, uh, but that we um, need to do something to be saved. And if you think about it for a minute, um, for everyone sitting here, we're all rotten sinners, and we all have lie, <laughs> greed selfishness and, and everyone we know in our families and in our neighbourhood they're, they're all run sinners too they can't be good however hard they try and so it is true then isn't it that anything that says um, you have to do something to be right with God in fact you have to keep the commandments of God to be right with him yourself that's just not good news that's not a gospel for us, it's not, it's not good news for anyone. For people who have clearly broken all of God's commandments. And just go through the list yourself. Um, it's not good news. And so anyone who preaches a different gospel, this different gospel, well, is Paul going to say, oh, let them do what they like. You know, you, you do you. Um, you go on preaching this gospel. Um, I'll go on preaching this gospel. Well, no, he doesn't say that, does he? In verse um, 8, if you want to look down at that. Galatians 1 verse 8. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. Paul says basically, go to hell. If anyone preaches a, a gospel that isn't, is different from the one that you were given and preached to and the one that you first received, even if it's me, even if it's influential Paul, even if it's an angel from heaven, let them be accursed. 
Why? Because that gospel is sending not just the people who, who, who are speaking it to hell. It's sending anyone who listens to them to hell too, along with them. Because people who are confident in their own works and righteousness are still facing God's judgment. They can't pay for their sin, not even one bit. And so Paul says, he's so direct, isn't it? It's just, it's impossible to not understand what Paul's saying here because he's like that father who's seen his child doing, you know, children who are mucking about with something or, or tempted by something. And he says, just don't go there. He's so passionate because it matters. And if underlying this is a, is a sort of people-pleasing, uh, a desire to sort of listen to these people because they seem influential, you know, perhaps they could, they have more status than Paul. Um, perhaps it would be bring more status to them for listening to them. And Paul has to sort of undermine that, doesn't he? He has to show that this is not just a case of getting a few things wrong or a slightly different focus. This is completely off track it doesn't matter how influential the people are if they are preaching something that is other than God's gospel the gospel of grace then they cannot be entertained (laughs) it's not just a case of just let them them carry on Paul wants to stop them and he doesn't want them to be led straight by it in a few weeks time we'll we'll hear in chapter 2 if you just want to look with me over the the page chapter 2 verse 11, same page. I'm just down at chapter 2, verse 11. Um, we're going to look at this in a few weeks' time, at all-age service, but it's, it's Paul showing how he had to oppose Peter, who was also people-pleasing. Peter is happy to eat with Gentile believers right up until the influential Jewish leaders came along, and then he said, and then he stopped doing that. And uh, if Peter is out to please man and going down that route, then he cannot be a faithful servant of Christ. He cannot also be a messenger of the gospel. Um, So that's why Paul doesn't just say something in private about it. He opposes him in public. He says, this is not right. What you're doing is not right. It matters. He cannot be a true servant of Jesus who was humiliated and rejected if he's trying to people please. <laughs> and, and if he's basically wanting his own approval from man. True messengers are willing to upset people sometimes. Offend people even. With the true gospel which is that we are sinners heading for judgment. And if you have people pleasing people. They won't do that. If you're tempted to sort of uh, look for man's approval, you're not going to do that. So actually, Paul will put quite a focus on himself in this letter as you get through it. He'll say, uh, become as I am. If you look down with me at chapter 4, verse 12, positively, he doesn't just say, this is what they're doing and this is what lies behind it. He says, positively, um, become as I am. In chapter, uh, verse 12 of chapter 4. So Paul's saying the example that you need to follow is of one who willingly suffers and faces that rejection 
for Christ. Because Christ was rejected and suffered. Because he was scorned and ridiculed. Those who believe in that gospel and that saviour. To hold to that, to preach that gospel. They will, they will expect that. To face that too, that derision. And um, uh, we're going to be thinking a little bit about ourselves. Because um, there will be people here who have never heard that gospel before. People who always assumed that um, being right with God was about something that we can do, and this is and God's gospel is actually the exact reverse of that. God gives grace. God gives Christ, and Christ gives His life for our sins. That really is the gospel. There's not a small print, and and so you know we better try really hard to do the right things. No, there's, there's not that. It is that good news that Christ gave himself. God gives grace to those who don't deserve it. His peace, peace with him. And it would be wonderful if you start thinking like that um, when it comes to God and, and, and listening to what he says in his word when he says that that's how a relationship with him starts. It's not about what we can do. Tom said it's not about cleaning up our act before we come to him. We can't do that anyway, but um, if we're trying to, we've got the wrong end of the stick. He pays for our sins. It's his grace alone that saves us. Um, If you're a new Christian, um, I think it is really helpful to go through this letter, um, and it would be helpful for all of us um, to do that. Because the point that's being made here is that it is so easy to start with the gospel and then to move away from it. To start with it being grace that saves and then something else comes in and it's part of our own sin and idolatry of wanting to make much of ourselves that we listen to other people who are saying, oh look, I've got a special faith. I've got special gifts. I've got a lot of followers. (laughs) But that's because we've got our own idolatry. We want to make much of ourselves. We want to listen to those people. Um, But just be very careful because um, just as we've seen, those people don't have the gospel. They don't have God's gospel. They've reversed the gospel. And Paul says, um, if you look down with me, we'll finish up here. Uh, Chapter 5, verse 2. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law, you have fallen away from grace. And even in the passage we looked at today, he says, I'm so astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ. It's pretty pretty serious to do that isn't it and if you get sucked in by the flattery or perhaps a promise of a more authentic or a more impressive christian life that's why we started off with that question what's our expectations is it is it paul (laughs) is it a life that is shaped by the gospel and it's deny um denial of self you know dying to self is it that kind of expectation or is it that we're gonna, um, we should look really impressive 
And if it's really impressive, then we are going to be sucked in by the people who look impressive. And yet they don't have Christ. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept this circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. Anyone who accepts circumcision is obligated to keep the whole law. That's the thing. If, if you want to try and keep that bit of the law, well, what about all the rest of the law? Why just that bit of the law? And even in saying oh, that, that bit of the law is, is the bit we need to keep to be right with God, you're, you're buying into the whole lot. You're saying we have to be right with God on our own merit. Um, let me read to you a couple of quotes just to finish us up um, and wake us up as well. Um, Tim Keller, anyone know him? Yes. Great. American. He's actually on his last stages of dying of cancer. He's still alive. I know, that's why I said dying, not, not dead. Um, but he said this, um, if you add anything to Christ as a requirement for acceptance with God, if you start to say to be saved, I need the grace of Christ plus anything else, you reverse the order of the gospel and in doing, you make it null and void. By adding to it, you write the whole thing off. It's not, it's not a gospel. It's not good news. And it can't save. So it's, it is important. It, it matters. Um, there's one other guy, Martin Luther, who knows him. Not personally, obviously. Um, there is no middle ground between Christian righteousness and works righteousness. There's no middle ground. There's no alternative to Christian righteousness but works righteousness. There's one or the other. We're either earning our own salvation... And wanting to be good enough for God. Or we're letting God make us good enough for him. Through Jesus' righteousness. There's no alternative to this Christian gospel than works righteousness. If you do not build your confidence on the work of Christ. You must build your confidence on your own work. So for those who have received that gospel of grace. Look down with me at 5 verse 1. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm therefore. And do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Don't let people enslave you. Examine your own heart. And see where sin and idolatry. And wanting to make much of yourself. Is leading you to people who aren't going to do you any good. And they don't have Christ. Um, So if you think it's not. If you feel confident. And you think I'll never fall away. It's foolishness. <laughs> this, is, this is real. These are people who believe the gospel, heard the gospel, preached them by the Apostle Paul, who himself was an exhibition of God's grace. You know, turned around from being a Christian killer to being a Christ servant, and now, and they've heard it from him. And it's so easy, isn't it, to start trusting in something else, to turn away to our own righteousness, to want to do something for God. And that we think contributes to his approval of us. We think when we muck up, he's not going to, he's just, his feelings towards us have changed. So easy to do. Um, so it would be good for us to pray in light of this. Uh, pray for each other. <laughs> Something we should be doing regularly, but pray for each other because it's true that there are, there is this draw away from Jesus and his grace towards us. Um, and pray for our church, pray for 
our meetings together, that the gospel would be right at the centre of everything that we do as a church, that we wouldn't um, move away from it. Um, so I'll pray now, and then I'll give you a chance to pray uh, just where you are. Let's pray. I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. Father God, we um, know that our hearts are fickle, um, easily flattered. We know that we often want to make much of ourselves. That's the, the root of our sin and idolatry and gets us to listen to things which are really unhelpful and people who are just doing the same thing. And we can't see it for what it is, but we thank you that you can and thank you that you warn us, you call us back um, to your grace, uh, to the gospel of your son, to his death on the cross. And uh, we do pray that you'd help us as a church to to live that gospel and to grow in that gospel. That we'd be willing to bear the marks of our saviour Jesus who was humiliated and rejected and hung on a cross to die. That the rejection that comes to all those who know him and live for him. We pray that we would be See that as as a blessing to be counted with him in his sufferings, to be known as his people. And we pray that we wouldn't be tempted to go with the easy, comfortable option where people praise us and think well of us. Uh, So we pray for uh, ourselves. We pray that you would um, guard our hearts and that you would continue to speak your truth uh, through one another. Pray that we wouldn't leave the grace of Christ um, for something else. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Maybe uh, just pray uh, with the person next to you, and that would be a good thing to do.